0: Thank you for joining me in this episode. I will share with you my conversation with entrepreneur, podcaster, and coach, Elizabeth Benton. You'll find more information about Elizabeth, along with links to resources she recommends and the ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com 305. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. You know, resilience is defined as the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. It's as crucial in business as it is in health. And if you're in charge of hiring for your company or business, it should be in every job description. Whether you're ready to make your next important hire or need some rehiring tips, Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because. Indeed gives you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering the Productive Woman listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast try Indeed out with that free $75 credit at indeed.com slash TPW. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to indeed.com slash TPW to see what they offer and uh, get signed up for that free $75 credit. Terms and conditions apply, of course, and this offer happens to be valid only through September 30th of 2020. So don't wait. All right, let's get right into my conversation with Elizabeth Benton. I am delighted to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Elizabeth Benton. Elizabeth has a great story to tell. A few years ago, she made a decision to change her life And she lost 150 pounds, paid off thousands of dollars of debt, and now is an entrepreneur, a podcaster, and a coach who's built her own business on the principles that helped her transform her own life. Elizabeth and her husband live in the Northeastern United States with their dog and their chickens. And when she's not working, she enjoys reading and uh, supporting her favorite team in the National Football League, that is American football, for... For those of you who are outside the US, I have really been looking forward to talking with her about how she's making a life that matters. So, welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It took us a little time to kind of find a date to talk, but I've been looking forward to it. Uh, You have so much going on in your life. I touched on it a little bit just now, but maybe you could start by telling us a little bit more about who you are, where you are, what you do, whatever you think would be useful for us to know as we talk about productivity and how you're making a life that matters.
1: Absolutely. So I have been in business for myself for about six years now. And it came from the decision to start a business came from a lot of pain and a lot of struggle. And I felt like most of my life was not how I wanted it to be. I was working in a job that I was well paid for, but I didn't like it. I complained about it all the time. I was um, unhealthy. I weighed over 350 pounds and I hated that. And yet I was the one continuing to overeat and binge and do all of those things. I just wasn't happy. And when I started to really change my life, not for lack of trying, I'd been trying forever, but when I really started to make the mental shift, the changes to the way that I was thinking about things and everything in my life changed, like you mentioned, I paid off $130,000 in debt. I lost about 150 pounds. I knew that I wanted to help other people who had been where I was stuck in the trying stuck in the wanting but not seeing it through and kind of getting in their own way with excuses and so that's why I started primal potential and since then we've put out about 800 podcast episodes i've written my first book and i just really enjoy helping people but my my biggest love and my biggest priority is my family and and relationships. And some of those relationships are with clients, but I really work hard to, to structure my life around those things that matter most and not fit those things that matter most around everything else.
0: Oh my goodness. That, that is such a, such an important concept that I think a lot of us struggle with. And I, you know, I'd love to talk about uh, how you do that. And because I think a lot of us do, in our heart value certain things, relationships with our family, our friends, whatever those things might be. And yet they get set aside and pushed out by other things that maybe seem more urgent, even though less important. Mm -hmm. And so this is something we talk about on the productive woman a lot about figuring out what really matters most to you, what's most important to you and do do the choices you're making in terms of how you use your time, your energy and your attention reflect those things that you say are most important. And for some of us, you know, we struggle with that disconnect. And, and so I'd love to, you know, maybe talk a little more later on about, you know, how you do that, how you uh, keep those important things front and center and, and order your life in such a way as to be able to, to keep them, uh, top of yeah. mind and, and top of action. Uh, so, One of the things, and, and I, I do want to get into kind of some of the, the nitty gritty of how you kind of manage your, your roles and your commitments and the things that you do, but I want to talk a little bit because before you and I started talking, I spent some time kind of reading through your website and seeing some of the things that you're doing. And there's so much, um, you know similarity in the things that you have to say and the things that I've been thinking about and talking about on this podcast for a lot uh, a long time for six, almost well almost 6 years now as we're recording this one of the things that I read on your website is that this really caught my attention we have to stop pretending that change is all about skill set it's not it's about mindset and I agree a hundred percent. And I would love to to hear from you a little bit about what you mean by that and how you've applied it in your own life. You kind of touched on it a little bit, but can we dig into that a little?
1: Yeah, what I found to be true for me, and I found it to be true for, for my clients as well, is that most of us know what to do, right? We, we know that if we want to get out of debt, we need to spend less, we need to maybe cut the distractions and the frivolous expenses, or if we want to lose weight, or we want to start a business, we understand the steps we have to take. The challenge that so many people run into is that time after time, the same excuses, doubts, delays, fears, stories get in the way. Hmm. And then we'll jump to a different plan or we'll reset after a month goes by and we feel like we haven't made any progress. And okay, I'm going to get it together. I'm going to try something new. And we bounce from plan to plan, from approach to approach, from new beginning to new beginning. But the same doubts and fears and stories and excuses follow us everywhere we go. And they are the barrier. So I always tell people that there's a million different ways to achieve your goals. It's not about trying all of them and, oh, none of them work for me. They will all work. What is getting in the way of it for you? And that is the work that we have to do. And for most people, for 99% of people, if not more, it's the way that they think.
0: Yeah,
1: It's going deeper into the problem than you do to the solution, giving more time, energy, and attention to the problem than you do to the solution or fixating and ruminating on your past and using all of your energy there and then having none left for the present, for now, for where you want to go. So I really think that since all of our choices, all of our decisions, the excuses and the fears and the exceptions, they're all driven by the way we think, we have to upgrade our mindset. And when we do that, and we fundamentally become a better thinker, everything gets easier. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I I could not agree more. And I think, uh, you know, I often have, have said for myself, and yeah, I agree with you, for most of us, our biggest obstacle is between our ears, you know, mm-hmm. it's the, the things that we're thinking about, uh, the, the, and, and we can control that. We do have, uh, I, for years, I felt like I was kind of at the mercy of my mind and thoughts just went wherever they went and, and I couldn't do anything about it. And it wasn't until, You know, not that many years ago that I had that epiphany that I can choose how to think I can, it not saying it's easy, but it is that basic. We have control over where our mind goes. True. You know, it can go anywhere. We have control over where it stays. Yeah, that's right. I love that. And so it sounds like that's a big part of the work that you do personally, but also with the, uh, the people that you work with. I know it's a lot, uh, of of what you talk about on your podcast, um, I've enjoyed reading your, you know, the the posts that go along with your podcast, and lots of good stuff in there. I'm going to be sure and link to the to your website in the show notes so people can find, and and learn from the things that you've been talking about. Uh, and I want to get into that a little bit more, but let's kind of circle back to uh, the the how you manage to do the things that are important to you and keep those priorities that you mentioned early on, uh, the active in your life and, and take action on those. And so for me, that's, you know, talking about the things that you do to be productive in the way that you want to be as anyone who listens to this podcast for very long knows for me, productivity is much less about getting things done and much more about, how you order your life so as to pursue the things that are most important to you and accomplish the things that matter to you. I'm always interested in the practical aspects of how other women manage to do those things, what works for them, what doesn't. And and so I'd like to talk about that a little bit. And I think though it's helpful for us to have a little bit of context for the kinds of things that you do to stay productive. So If there is such a thing for you as a typical day, Mm -hmm. what might that look like? Sure. So a typical
1: day, uh, one of the first things I do when I wake up in the morning is I put my shoes on and I drive down to the water. I live on Cape Cod, uh, so I drive down to the Cape Cod Canal and I go for a four or five mile walk. That is usually one of the very first parts of my day within 15, 20 minutes of waking up. And then I come home, shower, get dressed, get ready for work, and I dive into my, my primal potential work. I usually make a, a shake on my way out to my office, which is a separate building on my property. And then I go through the tasks of my day. Um, I typically have two to three kind of big rock projects every single day. And then like everybody else, there's the minutiae. And I I work my way through that, really focusing on those, the big rock projects first, the minutia second, and sometime either in the mid morning or the early afternoon, I take breaks, go to the gym, get a workout in, and then I'll come back and have whatever remaining calls or meetings or appointments that I have and uh, fix dinner for myself and my husband. And that's, that's usually about it.
0: And do you have uh, an evening routine that you follow in terms of kind of closing out your day and and getting ready for a good night's rest? Anything that works well for you there?
1: I don't have an evening routine, but before I finish my work, I get really clear and specific on my priorities and objectives for the following Mm workday, but I do not have an evening routine. Every evening looks a little bit different for me.
0: Okay. And... Are there any particular tools you like or resources that you recommend for managing your various commitments, your time, your, your tasks or whatever you have a variety of roles of of things that you do within your business and your personal life, of course, as well, because you have a podcast to record, you have coaching clients, you have, you know, the administrative stuff that goes along with being an entrepreneur Are there tools that you like for kind of keeping a handle on all that stuff?
1: I'm a really simple person. So yes, there are tools and they're all free. Um, We certainly have (laughs) lots of different paid softwares and stuff that we use as a team. But for me, the number one tool in my life is my Google calendar. Hmm. Because at the beginning of the week, I know ahead of time when I'm going to go to the canal for my walk and when I'm going to get to the CrossFit gym And my team works around that. So I work around that. We don't schedule meetings on top of that. We don't schedule interviews on top of that. And I know how much time that I have to get my work done based on my other priorities. When, you know, I have a a date with my husband or when we're going to go out to lunch or when I'm going to go with him to look at different properties and things like that. So the big strategy for me in terms of like managing my time well is I put my highest priorities in my calendar first and that is you know my my family and myself and my health and everything else goes around that and then for sort of like the day-to-day what do I need to get done I have a shared Google spreadsheet so just a free online spreadsheet that I use with my team we each have a tab and not only do we have days of the week on the tab, but we have ongoing projects. And so my team can see what I'm working on on any given day, and I can see what they're working on on any given day. And then when things come up that I'm like, oh, geez, we can't forget about X, Y, and Z, I can put it in the sort of next week or another day or assign to somebody else. And uh, we just use a Google sheet for that
0: very kind of simple and it, it, you yep. know, it's, it's really true that you don't have to spend a bunch of money to have some complex system and sort of like what you were saying earlier, any of these tools, there are so many different tools out there for time management, for task management, for, you know, all the different things that we can do. You can spend all your time sorting through those and trying different ones. And the fact is any of them will work if you use them.
1: Absolutely. And sometimes simplicity is really what you need most.
0: Yeah. I I always think it's a good idea to, whatever tool you're looking for or system you're trying to develop, make it as simple as it can be, as complex as it needs to be, but no more than that. Yep. Otherwise you end up spending a lot of your time just fiddling with your tools and systems (laughs) instead of actually getting this, this key stuff done. I love what you just were saying, though, about putting those priority things into your calendar first. I'm, I may be reading into uh, what you said, something that's not there. But, you know, we've talked about how you made kind of a transformation of your life. So you didn't always, it sounds like, you didn't always put those priority tasks in your calendar first. How did you make that change? How did you know what what was the catalyst and how did you get yourself to that place where you were okay with putting for instance your self-care in your calendar as a number one priority because for a lot of us as women that's the sort of thing that it, it if it gets done at all, it, it gets kind of stuck in where we can find time after we do everything else. So how did you get to that point? So when
1: I first started losing a significant amount of weight and really prioritizing, taking great care of myself, work was still my priority. At the time I was working a more traditional job and I got into work at no later than seven in the morning and was usually there until six o'clock at night. And so I would get up at four and I would work out and I did that for years. And even when I started primal potential, I prioritized work. I like to be working early in the morning. And so I would either get up really, really early or I would do my workout late. And I did that for a really long time Uh, And there were certainly days where I was like, well, you know, there's no time for a workout today. And I think there's a lot of ways to take care of yourself, even if you're not working out consistently for whatever reason. More recently, though, and you and I touched on this just before we started recording, just a couple of months ago, my daughter died very Mm -hmm. unexpectedly. And that shifted a lot of things about my priorities and a lot of things about just how I look at the world and how I look at my work and you know, I pray that nobody experiences loss of a child to kind of shift their perspective, but it certainly does that, among other things. Yeah. And I just decided then that while work is something I love and it is very important and I want to be excellent at it and I care about it very, very deeply, it's not what I care about most. And while I've always known that, I didn't live like that. Mm. And I certainly prioritized myself in terms of I get it done, it would happen, but work was still coming first until very recently. Um, And it is what it is. I'm glad that I had that time and that experience to build a business. I think it could have been done much more happily and much more healthily if I had prioritized myself sooner. But it's really been in the last couple months since my daughter died that I've said, like, this is what we work around, guys. We've we work around i work around my day works
0: around my priorities my true priorities yeah i i think for a lot of us we feel like and i've had i'm sure you've had conversations with other people especially women you know i i know men go through these things as well but i, I guess i think i understand the female mindset a little bit better um being one myself we mm-hmm. sometimes lose sight of what's important, or we think we know what's important to us. And we say X is a priority, but the way we spend our time and our energy and attention doesn't reflect that. And that really does take a, a a couple of things. It takes a, a, a willingness to admit that what I'm saying is most important to me is not reflected in how I'm spending the resources that I have and then be being willing to, to make that change. And I think being willing to try new things because for a long time,
1: I thought that the way I was doing it was the only way it could be done Mm. as a business owner, you know, starting the day early, working all day, fitting it all in was the only way it could be done. But in fairness, I hadn't really tried it this Mm -hmm. other way. I just told myself that it wouldn't be possible, that it would be too hard, that there wouldn't be enough time that, you know, we couldn't work around those things. And I convinced myself of that without having done it. And I think we could all benefit from a little bit more creativity. If there is something that you want, like, wouldn't it be nice if, or sure, sounds good for you, Elizabeth, because you own your company, but I could never have that kind of flexibility working for somebody else. I would say, You don't know what all of the options are. Sure. Maybe the way I do it wouldn't work for you, but there's got to be 70 other ways Mm. to make a change. We just look at the most obvious ones, the first ones that come to mind. And then we say, well, I couldn't do it that way. So it can't be done. I think creativity Mm. is a powerful, powerful tool for productivity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Just just being willing to keep going past the first and most obvious solution to brainstorm what else might be out there. And I think to that point Sometimes it's helpful to have somebody else to talk to about that because I I think we're all better at seeing solutions for other people (laughs) than we are for ourselves and, and having someone, whether it's a trusted friend or a coach or a therapist or, you know, a a supervisor at work or whatever that you can talk to about, this is what I'd like to be able to accomplish. Help me think of ways to get there. Mm -hmm. I like that. You've talked a little bit about how you order your days, uh, the things that you're doing, the changes you made in your life and, and the, the impetus behind them. I wonder every person's life is a little different as you just kind of alluded to presents different challenges as far as staying productive, getting the things that done that really matter to that person what would you say currently are your biggest challenges when it comes to to managing your life and getting the things done that are important to you? Uh, probably delegating
1: mm. and having the right people to delegate to, I would say, is the biggest challenge for me right now. We've hired a lot in the last year, but I think the more we hire, the more we learn what exactly we need and what maybe we don't need that is where we are right now beyond that more personally outside of the team the challenge is really committing to living according to priorities and giving the time to defining what that means it's very different for me to say family is my biggest priority and to have every day reflect that. That takes a different level of intentionality and specificity. And so holding myself to that standard of being really specific and intentional, what does it look like today Mm. to live as though family is my biggest priority and then implement those things and take action on those things? That is just a, it's a commitment. I, I don't even know that I would call it a challenge, but I would say it's like the thing that I am focused on most, working on most, giving the most of my problem solving skills too.
0: Yeah. And so do you have like a, a habit or a routine of asking yourself that question on purpose or is it just kind of, uh, and by that question, I mean, what does living according to my priorities mean for me today? is that something you do kind of explicitly or is it just something that's kind of always in the back of your mind? How does that work for you? I would say both.
1: So I have a a journal that I developed for my clients that I use myself and it kind of helped me set priorities and action steps on them every day. And that is uh, the beginning of my work day every day after I've gone for my walk, before I open up my laptop, I am spending time asking those kinds of intentional questions. What does it look like today to live according to my highest priorities? What do I have to say yes to? What do I have to say no to? What needs to change? So it is very intentional. It's also intentional and explicit at the level of my weekly planning. So like I said, whether it's, you know, Saturday afternoon or Sunday evening, I'm planning out when do I go for my walk? When do I go to the gym? when are we going on dates? You know, when am I going to see my mother and my sister? All of that goes into my calendar. Cause for me, a lot of that is time, you know, what experience can I create this month uh, that's special for my family?
0: Yeah.
1: All of those things happen at the calendar level, but then, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes I'm just sitting at dinner and I will ask myself what, what can I do to really build a connection between me and my husband tonight? Or, I'm on the phone with my sister and it's just sort of one of those generic check-ins like, Hey, how are you? How was your day? And I'll just ask myself, what would it take for me to show her that she's a priority? What would it take for her to feel or know or see that she is a priority right now?
0: Hmm. You know, I, I just love that. I think you know, there's so much that's been going on in our world these days that has kind of set us back on our heels a little bit. And at least for me has really got me thinking about some of those kinds of questions of, you know, the, our, our routines got thrown out of whack because of coronavirus and various other things that are going on, but it, it, kind of forces us when you think about, well, somebody could get ill or when some crisis occurs, those people I've been taking for granted, cause they're just always there. It's easy to sort of just go into, I don't know if it's autopilot or whatever it is with the relationships with the people that we love the most, mm-hmm. the people that are most important yeah. to us. It doesn't always occur to us. Well, how should I invest in this relationship? Cause it's always going to be there. And while well, we can deal with that later, my husband and I have been married for 41 years um, since we were 18 mm-hmm. years old. And, uh, you know, I'm listening to you talk and I'm thinking maybe I need to spend a little more time thinking about that. We've spent, you know, s- s- almost every day for the last 41 years together. And you, you can kind of get, I don't know if complacent is yeah. even the right word, but just, blind to the fact that you're not uh, investing because they're always there. They're always going to be there. And so we're we're busy this week. We can, you know, we can go do something fun next week or the week after or next month. And it, you know what I'm saying?
1: Well, and sometimes it's not even that we have to do something like big or leave the house or spend any money, but instead of, Hey, how are you? How was your day? Let's, let's, find 10 random questions and let's ask them to each other. Let's, let's do something different. Let's break up the monotony. Let's not have this feel like every other day. It can happen at home. It can happen in Mm -hmm. five minutes. It can happen on a car ride. And of course it can happen in sort of more, more significant, expensive or, you know, timely things, but it can be in the small little things that just go unnoticed, that just go unsaid breaking up the routine, breaking up the monotony, never falling into a rhythm of predictability mm. that, that prevents
0: growth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So much to think about there. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this again, (laughs) Elizabeth, because, (laughs) you know, you're really, you're really making me think about some of those things. And like I said, long-term relationships, whether it's your husband or, you know, we have grown children who are out on their own and, and, um, I love them. I, I die for them, but I don't always, um, not always as intentional, about investing in those relationships because, you know, you just kind of take them for granted. They're just part of the ether instead of something you're actually investing in.
1: Well, and it's funny because when we think about productivity and I know you said it's not just getting a lot done, but it's living according to, you know, your, your priorities. But for me, when I think about productivity, I think about the word produce Mm
0: -hmm. and I
1: think about producing something of value.
0: Yeah.
1: And so in every thing that I do, I don't just want to get it done, I want to produce something of value. And in every conversation I have, I want it to be of value. And that doesn't mean that I'm, you know, talking to my sister about a problem she's having in her life and I'm adding value, but am I adding value to this relationship? Am I moving it forward or is it just is it just a touch base? And there's nothing wrong with those short little touch base conversations, right. but for me more things, more conversations, more moments need to be value producing I'm putting value into your life, into your heart, into your mind, into our relationship than just status quo. How's everything going?
0: Yeah, that's so very true. So very true. If you don't mind, I'd like to talk a little more about some of the things that you've mentioned earlier about mindset. And I, I'm thinking about something I, again, read on your website, you, I think it was a fairly recent episode of your podcast. And so in your, on the website, there's a, looks like a kind of a transcript of it where you talked about, and I'm I'm paraphrasing here probably badly, but about saying yes to the thing that's most important to you and that it's mm-hmm. not just the first yes that matters, but the yeses that need to come after that and I'm just kind of yeah. butchering what you were talking about but th- to me no, this kind not. of because this kind of goes to what we were just talking about if we want to as we talk about on this podcast all the time um, being productive in the sense of making a life that matters as we define it we get we each get to define what that means to us and it requires, us in order to do that, to take certain actions and do certain things. Um, and, and so to me, as I was reading that transcript or that post on your site and what you had to say about that, I thought was so important choosing what we're going to say yes to and continuing to do that. Can you again, fix what I sort of butchered and, and, and talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So it was an episode about
1: whether or not you're saying yes to your goals or yes to your priorities or yes to the things that really mean a lot to you and how it's not the first yes that matters. And I think I used the example in the episode of of getting married, right? When someone proposes and we say yes, that's not the yes that matters. That's the easy yes. That's the excited yes. That's the high vibe yes. And even when we stand on our wedding day and we you know, exchange vows and we say yes again, that's not even the yes that matters because saying yes when it's easy doesn't get us anywhere. Mm. Are you still saying yes when things are hard? Are you still saying yes when you're not in the mood? And we can apply that to anything. You know, you can be charged up and say, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I'm so excited. I'm finally doing this. No excuses. I'm going to feel so great. Are you still saying yes to that goal? when you've had a bad day at work? Are you still saying yes to that goal when you're tired and emotional? And we can ask ourselves that for, for any goal, for any area that matters to us. And it's just very common to say yes once or twice. And then it becomes maybe if I feel like it, mm. when I'm less tired, when the kids go back to school, but to get the goal, to achieve the goal, we have to be saying yes most importantly in the times when we want to say no. Mm.
0: And so how do you, and I know this is a, not a question we can answer in in the few minutes we have left, but how do you keep yourself saying yes when you have decided that an objective or an outcome or a result that you're going for is worth going after, whether it's a relationship or, you know, the examples you used of wanting to lose weight and be more healthy or more fit or pursue a a new business venture or any of those things, how do you keep saying yes when the struggles come, when the challenges or the obstacles come, whether they're internal or external? How do you keep saying yes so that you can get where you want to go? There are two parts of it that I think are the most
1: important ones. And the first is awareness and the second is honesty. Mm. Too many times we're just not aware of what we're thinking or what we're choosing. We're going through the motions, which is exactly why I think it's so powerful and profound to challenge yourself in those mundane moments, to shift things, to shake it up a little bit, to make it different, to make it better. Otherwise, we're just in a pattern of, of lacking awareness the number one thing I work on with my clients is awareness. Mm -hmm. I've heard millions of people, well, not literally, but I almost all of my clients have said to me at some point, it's like I check out, Mm -hmm. you know, I get really clear on what I want, but then I'm, I'm just on autopilot. And what that is, is a lack of awareness. We're not really present because we're thinking about what happened an hour ago or where we have to be in another hour from now, or we're, beating ourselves up for something that happened yesterday, or we're having an imaginary conversation that we didn't have with a coworker that we wish we had had. Mm -hmm. We're not aware of our thoughts. We're not aware of our choices. So I work constantly on awareness, on paying more attention to the way that you're thinking, to what you're choosing, to why you're choosing. And then that flows into honesty. We know exactly the cards that we can play to give ourselves a hall pass to give ourselves a permission slip or a reason to wait until tomorrow or I'll start next week or it was too hard. We know exactly those cards to play that work for me for the longest time. I'll do better tomorrow. I'm just going to get this out of my system. But tomorrow, tomorrow, I'm going to mm-hmm. start again tomorrow. I'm going to take this seriously. And it wasn't totally honest. It worked. It was effective. And that's why it was the card I threw down. It worked every single time. But when I learned to be more honest with myself, I was able to say, tomorrow really isn't relevant here. This is, in fact, not about tomorrow. This is about an excuse. This is about letting myself off the hook. This is a strategy that I know doesn't work, that I know doesn't get me where I want to go. And a lot of folks just aren't being consistently fully honest with themselves. They're telling a sliver of the truth or an emotional corner of the truth but they're not telling the whole truth and when we marry awareness and total honesty every possibility opens up and every excuse loses its power
0: mm. yeah and being honest doesn't mean beating yourself up for the choice you've made or the 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 default that you know action that you've gone to without being thoughtful. It's, I, I think, honesty with compassion for yourself, being being willing to tell yourself the truth about what you're doing and why you're doing it without condemning yourself for it. I, I think both of those things have to go together, don't you?
1: Yeah, no judgment. We're not, We're not passing an evaluation of it. We're right. just being objective. And what I find with my clients is that there's far too much drama and we're infusing facts with feelings mm. and it clouds things and it bogs things down and it makes things slower and harder. I practice objective judgment, just mm. objective. What, what is happening here? Not passing an evaluation, not assigning a label of good or bad, or shouldn't have could have done it differently. It's just objectively, what are the facts here? And I remind my, my clients constantly that drama is what we add to the facts. When we bring in, oh, that was bad, we're we're actually just stating what happened. We don't need to apply the labels to it because it has nothing to do with what we're after in terms of the solution. And when we strip away all of the drama, the feelings that we add to the facts, the assumptions and the fears and the past and all of that, it's instantly easier because it's not so weighty. It's not so heavy. It's just simpler.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's not a commentary on your worth as a human being. It's just, this is, these are the facts and what do we want to do about them? Mm -hmm. There's so much more we could go into there. And I know a lot of these things are, are things that you talk about on your podcast. I will be sure to put, a link in the show notes, uh, so folks can find your podcast. Cause there's just so much value there. Uh, but I want to get back though, to a, a question that I ask all of my guests, cause I, I think we can learn from each other on this. You obviously sp- have spent a lot of time thinking about these things and developing approaches and systems and tools that work for you to manage, you know, both the, the, activities of your life and your own mind and all those sorts of things. But even with all of that, and the things that we've already talked about, do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you just get, you know, completely stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track?
1: Absolutely. I feel that way regularly. Uh, If not once a week, probably close to it. And the first Thing that I will do is remind myself that the majority of the things on my list are things that I put there, which means I can take them off, right? Okay. I remind myself that in my work, if something that I wanted to get done today doesn't get done today, nobody's going to die. Even when I worked on, on other teams and for other companies, it wasn't a, a make it or break it kind of thing, especially with great communication. So I was making it out to be this big dramatic thing and putting all this pressure on myself. And when I realized that I was putting the pressure on myself, I realized I could take the pressure off. Mm. So I remind myself right off the bat. In fact, just yesterday, when I was driving home from the gym, I had this sense of like, oh, there's not enough time. And I, I made myself a note in the notes app of my phone that just said, you set these priorities, you can change them. It's fine. Mm. And that's kind of how I remind myself. So the first thing is just that awareness. And then I will look at what's on my list for the day. And I will ask what absolutely critically must happen today. No way in the world can it happen tomorrow. Like if I found out there was an emergency in the family, this thing would still have to get done today. And I will tell you that there's almost never anything that meets (laughs) that criteria. Sure, every once in a while, there's something that absolutely positively has to happen today. But, you know, I generally work ahead enough. And if there was a family emergency, there's rarely something that would make me say, I still have to find a way to get this done. Hmm. And that also alleviates any of the pressure. And then I'll say, okay, so then if nothing on this list or maybe only one thing on this list absolutely has to must get done today, what can I move? What can I shift? Is there something I can delegate or can I move it till tomorrow? Or how do I need to adjust things here? It tends to, that feeling of overwhelm tends to come from either I've lost sight of my priorities for the day, or I didn't do a, a good enough job of, of establishing them in a realistic way. And both of
0: those things can be fixed. Yeah. Great approach. Uh, good thoughts for all of us. I, I appreciate you sharing that. So Elizabeth, what's on the horizon for you? What do you have coming up either personally or professionally that you're excited about looking forward to?
1: I am working on my second book, which I am very, very excited about. It's still a ways away. It'll probably be about a year before it comes out, but that is something that we are really, really excited about. And um, I think just this shift that has come out of a, a lot of pain and a lot of darkness to be more gentle with myself about how I spend the hours of my day and know that all the things can get done. And this self-imposed pressure kind of takes away from a lot of the joy of living. And so shifting away from that and and changing some things about how I structure my life are really exciting. Yeah.
0: So where can people connect with you online? If someone's interested in you know, has a question for you, interested in learning more about what you're doing in the world, where's the best place for them to go to find you?
1: Absolutely. So the podcast is called Primal Potential, and we are on all podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff, iHeartRadio, you name it. The social media platform that I spend the most time on is Instagram. You can find me there at Elizabeth Benton, Elizabeth Benton, uh, and that's where I kind of share most of the stuff about my life and my work. So that's a great place as well.
0: Okay. And yeah, we will put those links in the show notes. If anybody is driving and can't remember those things, you can go to the show notes for this episode. You'll find links to those places that Elizabeth mentioned. Elizabeth, this has been really great. I appreciate so much you taking the time to kind of talk with me about some of these things before we go. Do you have any last words for the listener who might be looking for a little help or encouragement in getting things done and making a life that matters? What, What would you say to her? I would say specificity is a superpower. Most people feel stuck when they don't
1: have specifics, when it's just an idea in their mind or a general aspiration, but it's not clearly and specifically defined. So get granular about what you do want and what you don't want. And then instead of trying to solve it for the next five years or the next one year or the next 10 years, look at how you can live that way today. Even if it's just one small step, given what it is that I want and what it is that I don't want, what can I do about it today? Specificity is a superpower. So always go to that when you feel stuck or lost or overwhelmed.
0: Mm. Love that. Thank you so much, Elizabeth.
1: Thank you for having me. This was great.
0: I really enjoyed talking with Elizabeth. I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. I'm so thankful to her for taking time to share with us her thoughts on how she's making a life that matters and her suggestions and encouraging words for the rest of us. But, but what do you think, Do you have any questions for Elizabeth or for me? You can share those questions in the comments section of the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 305. And that's also where you'll find links to where you can connect with Elizabeth and learn more about what she's doing, what she's up to, and that sort of thing. You can also post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page, But if you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, email those questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Before we go, remember, if you're responsible for hiring for your company, Indeed is offering the Productive Woman listeners a free $75 credit to boost that job post, which means more quality candidates will see your post fast. Try Indeed out with that free $75 credit by going to Indeed.com TPW. And remember, uh, terms and conditions apply and the offer is only valid through September 30th of 2020. And thank you so much to Indeed for supporting the Productive Woman podcast. And that is it for this episode of the Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Elizabeth. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I hope you found something in it that is helpful or encouraging to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.